Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for tuning in today, too. I appreciate it very, very much. And, uh, again, any questions you have for us, and I should check the text line really quick, 307-200-8222. 307-200-8222. You can also call in directly, 303-477-5600. We'll get you right on here and talk to you that way as well, 303 477 5600. You can listen online. Go right to the website, drive-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or klzradio.com. And we have an app, which I know a lot of you listen to us via the app as well, and that's just KLZ Radio. Just go to whatever it is, the, the Apple App Store, or it's Google Play, I think, if you're an Android user, and look for the KLZ Radio app there, and uh, you can listen to us that way as well. I just put somebody on hold. Hang tight. Larry, we'll get to you in just a moment, so don't go anywhere. And again, our number here, 303-477-5600. I just did get this text message, and Charlie, you'll enjoy this. KLZ has a strong signal from South Dakota to the Texas Panhandle and from Denver to Salinas. But I've also heard you in Manhattan, Kansas. Thank you, by the way, for that update. We don't have the opportunity to go out and drive around and see where the signal is and so on. So these reports that we get back, believe me, Charlie takes every one of these and we make note of these because when we're talking to, you know, potential, you know, partners and advertisers and so on, it's important for them to know how large our audience really is because in some cases they have product that is very wide reaching and this really does help us a lot. By the way, some of you that are in some of those other areas, just going to throw this out at you. If you have any connections whereby you would like to see us on another station in your area, please let us know. Let me know who we can talk to. Uh, we have more than enough technology here in our studio to broadcast this to anyone. Literally, we just have to you know, work out the other end of it. But our end here, we, we have more than enough technology. And, and I'm not bragging, but I will for a moment. Because we have heard this even from folks that have come here that have worked for some of the other, what I would consider to be large corporate-owned radio station networks. And this is, not, this is not a lie. We have better technology, better equipment in our studios and in our towers than what most of them have. Right, Charlie? He is nodding his head in agreement. And we're not saying that to brag. It's just we stay up on things very well, even though... We may not be a conglomerate like a lot of the other you know, networks out there are. I won't name names, but some of you know who they are. Two differences with us. Number one, we stay up on technology very well. And no offense, a lot of them don't because some of them are broke. Literally, they have so much debt they can't incur anymore. So no, they're not buying anything new. 
The second thing about Crawford Broadcasting and thus and thus here at KLZ, we have no debt. Zero. If we need a piece of equipment, Mr. Crawford writes a check. It's that simple. We are not on the hook to any debtor for what we're doing, and we don't have all of our equipment hawked to Wall Street, which literally there are networks out there that do exactly what I just said. They are hawked to Wall Street. It's why they don't add to some of their equipments on. So again, all I'm saying is, do we have the ability to connect with other stations and broadcast our program in other markets? Absolutely we do. And if you know of somebody in those markets and you would like to get us together, please send me an email. Best way for me to do it that way, you can do a text message as well, but send me an email and uh, we can take it from there. Go right to drive-radio.com and send me a, you know, go to the contact page, send me something and we'll take it from there. Randy in Kansas, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, John. Uh, I had a question on air conditioning condenser. On my vehicle being a 99, it's a Jeep Cherokee, uh, I mean, probably, you know, almost three-quarters of it could be done with a flathead and a Phillips and maybe, you know, uh, a wrench or some, something. It's, it's not that complicated. Uh, so if I wanted to get my condenser replaced the proper way, from what I understand, you know, they yank the radiator and they change it from that point. But on a car like mine, I mean, wouldn't it, Will they not do it because it's money, or I'm just thinking, you know, since it's so easy to do to pop the headlights and this and that with a few screwdrivers, you know, maybe a adjustable wrench, could, couldn't they just take that front end off, you know, and take the little cowl off and get right right to the meat and potato and just change out the condenser and not leave my radiator alone? It's brand new. It's perfect. It's put in there just right. Everything's right. Perfect. Yeah, I shouldn't have to remove the radiator to do that. The, again, the biggest, the biggest cost in that is as you know the you know the the drawdown of the system so the recovery of your current uh, you know freon that's there now right. the evacuation right. process changing out the you know the the condenser itself putting everything back in making sure it has the proper oil and so on and then of course recharging yeah. when it's all said and done the condenser change is actually probably the the least technical of that Randy the rest of what I just said is where it gets more expensive yeah. I because mean, a lot of this is screwdriver stuff, and then you got a cowl on the front. I mean, big deal. I mean, you know, that's it's no big deal. Is it, is it not working correctly, or what's the scoop? Well, the deal is uh, I get about a year out of it because I do have a slow leak on it. We put the dye in there, and oh, there's okay. a slow leak. So what happens is when it gets down, i got sure. a thermometer in the thing. Okay. And it runs at about 40, which is good. But <clears throat> So about once a year, I go ahead and top, stop it off, have, have someone top it off for me. I don't do it myself with the can. But if I let it go too far... Then it's to the point where it won't turn on, and if it won't turn on, it won't accept the freon. So they kind of got a what I would call a hot wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they jump it, yeah. Presser and get it in right. there. And as far as your question of the day goes, the only thing me and Larry talked for a minute. The only thing on that that I didn't like was my vehicles are in such good condition that well, I just had maintenance done two days ago because I keep up with. I'd rather nickel and dime it than hundred thousand it. Right. I needed a, a crankshaft pulley and a belt. So I think that's pretty good when it comes to maintenance. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. So, I mean, that, that was good, but he told me, you know, don't drive it unless you have to, because if that thing comes off, there's a chance it's going to go through your radiator. Yes. So, so, so I needed a, a pulley a pulley and a belt. That's pretty good for a Not bad. Car. No, that's really good, Randy. And again, yeah, I uh, thought, you're, you're on the right track on the AC. Your, your question today, the only thing I didn't like was when they do the emissions test. Mine was so good, it did a fast pass. And then they do your gas cap last, and I've had a couple times where the gas cap didn't uh, pass. So go to Napa and get a gas cap, bring it back, put it on. Instead of just saying, look, here's the receipt, here's the gas cap, put it on, everything's they new. they got to go through the, the whole test again. 20, they yep, make it that's through right. the whole test. You're I right. I think they ought to do the gas cap first. Yep. 
and then the task. You're right. Come back in the gas cap and said, you know what? You already passed your test. You were here, you know, 20 minutes ago. Right. So, you know, now your gas cap's good. Everything's good. You're good to go. And right. then Larry brought up another point that I said, he said that he's had something done here and there and this and that. I said, well, at least, you know, if they're not charging you again. He said, but they are. I said, no, that's not, that, that part of it's not They're right. not supposed to be. Under a certain amount of time, you're supposed to be able to go back in for recheck for free. But if you if you exceed yeah. that time limit, then, of course, you have to. Yeah. They charge you. Like, like I said, the, the most I've ever had was a gas cap, and I just run right up to Napa and come back, and I'm back there in 20 minutes. But I think they should do it first, just, just get it over with. You know? but that's my opinion on I that. I agree. But other than that, I just needed a crank pulley in a belt. That was pretty good. Got the oil change, and uh, that's... I think that's pretty good. I found a really good mechanic, so I gave I gave him something that I thought he would really get a kick out of. I found a thrift store here. They had some of these old oil cans that are in the can, like back in the yeah, 40s and 50s. Yeah. And there were several of them, and I found the one that had the least dents in it. No leaks no leaks on it or anything, and it was, uh, I think it was Texaco. And I was looking all over for the damn weight. It ended up being 20-20. But, uh, man, did he get a kick out of that. He even showed it to his wife and everything, and... <laughs> And he really, he really, that's something you get a mechanic, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's funny. That's good. He really got it. Good and, for you. Oh, here's the kicker. It was full. It's not an empty. Nice. Nice. Good anyway, job. Anyway, you guys have a great day. You weekend. too, Randy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Stuart, you're next. Go ahead, Stuart. Hey, good morning, guys, and thanks for taking my call. You're very I've welcome. Got two questions. Yeah, thanks. Uh, about a year ago, I think you were talking about this uh, catalytic converter uh, craft that uh, Pontius Polis. Yep. Um, hoisted upon as well my um catalytic converter went out in my hyundai and my 09 hyundai and my mechanic is searching high and low you can hardly find him mm-hmm. and yes the price of people out there don't realize it what this man's done they've gone up to four times what they used to be that's right and, re- and really quick Stuart, i want to i want to stop you for a moment and explain that to everybody else because i've got some clients that I coach out in California, and what's happened is because there's only a certain amount of California. So really quick, back to what Stuart was saying. In Colorado now, if you replace a cat, stolen one, your cat's gone bad, whatever the case may be, you are required to put a California-approved catalytic converter on your Colorado car, even though it did not come with a original California-approved catalytic converter in turn Stuart, that's put a demand on the market across the board especially with all the thefts and things that have happened here california both because of that there's such a strain now on the supply chain that has pushed the prices and availability which in some cases is zero up sky high yeah i agree with you and it's tragic and you uh i don't want to say you were a prophet but you were a prophet on that now my second thing is that uh, my wife has a o2 camera uh, SE and um, no, an 07, excuse me. And she got in a wreck with a deer. And mm. uh, of course, the deer lost and the car lost. Yep. And we lost, I think. Yep. The insurance company will fix it for around 5800 but they also said they will pay us 7100 to rebuild the car and put it back, you know, to reasonable shape, you know, whatever it is. And the car is 191000 plus on it. Would you rebuild that car? and get a salvage title, or would you let them take it and look for something else? Give me those figures again. Sorry, I I'm, I was trying to write as much down as I could quickly. Give me those figures again, Stuart. Well, it was about 5800 to repair the car and bring it back to drivability. Okay. Uh, the insurance company would pay 7100 if we gave the car up. Okay. If they repair it for the 58, we're going to get a salvage title. 
okay. and the car has 191,000 plus on it, would you personally, John Rush, what would you do? Well, I, I don't fix wrecked cars because I don't like driving wrecked cars. So you guys already know my, my statement there. But yeah. let me go through something else here. Uh, did you look at, uh, at any kind of value on your current car, not from them, but on your own? Yes, my wife has been checking, and I'm going to go back on the computer this afternoon and look. Um, these range, these Toyota Camrys range upward to high of sixteen, fifteen thousand. I was going to say they're, they're to me they're way off on their price. So what I would be pushing for is a buyout of the car since it's totaled, but at a at a price that's accurate because it's not right now, not at that price. You you, you can't buy any car like that for seventy one hundred. No, you can't. No, I mean, I know, because oh. I, I watch this on almost a daily basis, Stuart. You're, you're not buying that. And by the way, really quick, because I'm looking at prices as well. What model car, I mean, what trim level car is it? XLE, well, Limited, it was, what is it? It was, an F, it was an FE, and it had leather seats, heated leather seats, you know, AM, FM, uh, uh, CD player, uh, automatic. What AC, engine, really quick, uh, by the way? The four-cylinder. Okay, four-cylinder. Uh, and you and it say, runs hard. uh, nav or no, no, no nav, uh, leather though. You said dual power seats. Yep. Yes. Okay. And what no. color is it? Just one, just one. It's that misty sea green, blue, whatever it is. Okay. Hang on. Let me just see what really quick, what the value comes at. It only takes me a second here to look at this. Uh, I don't want a cash offer. How, how, outside of the wreck, what was the condition? Fair, good, very good, excellent. What do you think? I would say it was probably very good. Okay. And, and by the way, very good for those of you listening means that, that it's got some, you know, minor defects, might have a little scratch or a door ding here or there, but otherwise great mechanical condition and so on. That's a very good car. Excellent means it looks like it came off the showroom floor. So that that's the, for everybody listening. If you go out and do any of this on your own, that's kind of the differences between those. Now, the other thing that I have noticed of late for everybody listening is Kelly Blue Book. If that's where you're going to look at the price of the car, is not um, can, is not taking into account the high prices, especially in our area. Because according to what I'm looking at, all the insurance company is doing is going to Kelly Blue Book and offering your value off of that. Here's what I would do. And again, it's it's not an exact science because every car listed isn't exactly what you have, nor do you know if the car is going to sell for what they're asking. But I think that's a good starting point with the insurance company. Next question, this is your company, right? Yes. So this is your own insurance company. Now, and as we know, and it's, yeah, it's going to own your comp claim, which technically doesn't raise your rates. But at the end of the day, Stuart, it still does because we yeah, all know yeah. how that works. But regardless, you still need to make sure that you're compensated fully. I I don't know that you're going to get to 16, but I think the 10, 11 range is probably fair for you and them both. Okay. So I okay. think they're about three grand off. And by the way, I helped one of our... Um, I have you know publicists that call me all the time to have people on during my, my daily show and so on. And I had a gal the other day that is one of my publicists that was involved in a similar situation. Car was you know was was you know wrecked and, and damaged. Not her fault. It was actually the other insurance company she was dealing with. But her insurance company was handling it and then going to segregate to the other insurance company. Kind of the same deal we were dealing with. And 
and she got an offer that was really low-balled, which I think yours is as well, from the insurance company. You're closer right. than she was, though. But I will tell you, at the end of the day, we didn't have to do a lot of finagling. And just w- what we did is showed what that car is selling for, or at least being advertised for in our market. Go get two or three comps, just like you would with a home appraisal. Show that to the insurance right. company. Let's get them moved up three, four grand. Okay. That's what well, I would I do. I would not fix it. You're the car guy. Yeah, I wouldn't fix it. I mean, it. You, you know, you wouldn't? Nope, I would not fix it. Because you're going to have a salvage title when it's done, which to me means there's no value. Gotcha. Well, that's kind of my thinking. I I appreciate your uh, honesty and your knowledge. You're I mean, very welcome, Stuart. Very welcome. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Keep the faith, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Stuart. Thank you very much. And that's, folks, that's how I would handle those types of situations. And any of those that come up, just like the publicist that I helped a few weeks ago, uh, any of you that have that issue, please let me know. I'm always here to help. I mean, that's that's what I do even during the week off air. So if you ever have a question, go right to the website and ask me, and, and I'll, I'll help you walk through that. I made a mistake earlier. If you're listening to us through an app or you want to listen through the app. It's not KLZ Radio. It's KLZ 560. So if you type in KLZ, you'll most likely find us anyways, but it's KLZ 560 is our app, not KLZ Radio. The website's KLZ Radio, but our app is KLZ 560. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, again, KLZ 560. Geno's is having a sale on all Napa air, oil, and cabin filters. One of the best things you can do for your vehicle is to have the oil changed at your recommended service intervals. Napa high-performance filters can increase power and help with fuel economy. Does your vehicle's air conditioner put out a musty or mildew-like smell? Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Geno's evaporator cleaning and a new Napa cabin filter will take care of that. By replacing your cabin filter, you will be restoring efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. We are AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Take care of your car and save on Napa filters. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio.
Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. We have lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Call us. will get you right on air. One thing that I forgot to mention during the first hour, which <clears throat> I was reminded of with one of the ads we heard a moment ago, Kevin Flesh's ad. There was a driver. This is last night. There was a driver changing a tire on I-70 that was struck, seriously injured, and the person that hit them hit and run, of course. It's why I continue to say over and 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 over again, do not do that. Do not do that. You are much better off getting over to the shoulder. I don't care if you ruin the wheel. Drive to the next exit or at least some place where you are far, far, far off of the road. Not near the road at all. You know, not three, four, five feet away from the road even. Especially at night. And here's why. This should be w really well known, but might not be. At night especially, when people have been drinking... This is a very well-known thing that I think sometimes we forget. When people have been drinking, and they may not be fully drunk, but let's just say they're even halfway there. They tend to be gravitated towards any kind of a flashing light, something that would say, come here. So what do they do? They steer into that area and don't think about what might be there. In this case, and I'm not saying this was you know somebody that was impaired that did this, but you, you kind of have to wonder, people that are cognizant of what's going on wouldn't normally hit somebody changing a tire on the side of the road because you're aware of what's going on. 
It doesn't take a lot of impairment to not pay attention to what I'm talking about. Here's something else most people don't know. It's something my dad taught me early on when I started driving as a youngster. I mean, I'm, I'm talking 12, 13 years of age when my dad started teaching me to drive at a very early age. Dirt roads, things like that. Watch the eyes of the person that's coming at you. If you're in a two-lane road situation especially, can you see them? Yes, you can. Now, if they're wearing sunglasses, of course you can't. But you get where I'm going with this. The reason why you do that is where your eyes go, so will the car. It's just how it works, folks. It's what they teach you when you start driving race cars. Where your eyes go, so will the car. If you're looking to your right, you're going to tend to drift to the right. If you're looking to the left, you're going to tend to drift to the left. If you're looking straight ahead, that's where the car is going to go. You will typically go where you're looking. So at night, when you're out changing a tire on the side of the road, especially on a highway, I-70, which it's a speedway. We'll say it like it is. They're driving 75 miles an hour. Night might be 80 or more. When they're driving that fast and you're on the side of the road and they're somewhat impaired or maybe fully impaired, you're a target. You're a sitting duck. Literally, you're a sitting duck. We've seen it happen with tow trucks. We've seen it happen with regular vehicles on the side of the road. We've seen it with police officers on the side of the road. I I hate to say this. We've had far too many funerals in the state of Colorado over what I'm talking about. All because... We're not off of the road. Now, I understand the tow truck and the police officers being where they need to be, but even in their case, lights are flashing and people are going to gravitate there. I often wonder at times, should we be doing that differently with our emergency vehicles and not, I know they need to be safe and they've got to have their lights on to make people aware that they're there. Unfortunately, sometimes that attracts people to them, not deters them. My wife just reminded me that people go that direction even when they're not impaired. She's correct. Again, people will follow. You know, what, what, isn't there a movie, Charlie, Follow the Light? You know, if you follow the, I mean, go towards the light. I mean, that, that's what people do. Unbeknownst to them, subconsciously, they will go where the light is. And, and I've said it, I'll keep saying it. One of the biggest PSAs I think that we could put out there. In the automotive world, do not change your tire on the side of a busy road ever. Ever. Drive to the next exit. The cost of a wheel is far less than the cost of a life. And for that that person that may or may not be found, I, I don't know, but let's just say that they're found. Two lives have now been ruined, not just one. The life of the party that ran into that individual, their life will be ruined, but also the person that was run into and is now critically injured will most likely have long-lasting injuries from being hit while changing a tire. Can these be avoided? Absolutely, they can. Absolutely. And I have seen it. Too many times where I'm watching somebody on the side of the road changing a tire, and I'm thinking to myself, you are an accident waiting to happen. Get out of that area. 
you listening, most of you listening to me understand what I'm saying. You have to pass this message along as well. Teach your family members, teach your spouses, male or female, teach your kids, teach everyone you know to not change a tire on the side of an interstate ever. I know that sounds really harsh, folks, but drive to the next exit. Or at least to an area where there is a lot of room around you. And if you are alone, especially, please just drive to the next exit. If you have a partner with you, you might be able to have somebody help, you know, deter people from running into you. Although we've seen situations there to where now two people get injured, not just one. If you are in a family, if you're a family... And you have something like that happen, and you've got all the all you know all of your family, your kids inside the car, and so on. Drive to the next exit. Again, folks, I don't I don't really care what time of day it is. It's worse at night, but it could be noon and have this happen. It's it has happened. So I know that in some cases the next exit might be a long ways down, but you are much better inside your vehicle, driving two, three, four miles an hour. Even with a tire that has gone completely flat and has blown up, you are still better off driving to the next exit and ruining that wheel. That was from Poltergeist. I was reminded by producer Ann Charlie that that's, stay away from the light. So, unfortunately, though, people will gravitate towards the light, and if you're on the side of the road changing a tire, it even gets worse. Now... I would also tell you that, and I'm, I'm a big one on this, have a safety vest in the car if you're going to change a tire. At least be seen. But I am one that, and, and by the way, that's even if you're on the side of a small you know, side street or something, be seen. Any, you can buy a safety vest anywhere, Walmart, anywhere. They're, they're two or three bucks. You can buy a safety vest literally almost anywhere now. They're sold at Napa, by the way. You can buy a safety vest from Napa. What are they, Larry? Ten bucks or less at Napa. You can buy a pretty, pretty cheap, inexpensive, folded up in a nice little cellophane pack. By the way, ten bucks or so, two bucks, Charlie, or three dollars. Larry just lifted up his fingers. Not that much money, folks. And anytime I read something like that, I'm just, I'm aghast. It's like this can, this is avoidable. This should not happen. And the biggest message we have to get out to people is drive to the next exit. On top of that. Nothing more than I hate being in any kind of traffic rush hour, especially and somebody's on the side of the road changing a tire, blocking traffic. Drive to the next exit. You get out of the way. You, you, you are impeding the progress of everyone else now. Get off of the road completely. And get down to that next exit where you can actually do things safely. So, just a little PSA. I, I, I saw that was sent out last night on one of our major news stations, and it's sad to see that because we don't want anybody being injured when it can be avoided. In, in this case, it can definitely be avoided. All right, line's open. If you want to add anything I just said, any other pieces of advice, by all means, let us know. We, we will push this out to everybody listening, 303-477-5600. And by the way, what I just said, that story I just gave, unfortunately, that will not be the last time that happens, I hate to say. Until we get this message out to everybody and they don't do it anymore, it will. this is not a dated message is my point. It's going to happen again and again and again until we get this message out. So we'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. 
Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. With school carpool season upon us, we wanted to share some tips from the Car Care Council to make sure that your vehicles are kid-safe and road-ready. First, check your lights and wipers for visibility. With the shorter days and less daylight, it's critical to ensure proper visibility. Second, get your annual brake inspection. Every year, you need to ensure that you're checking brake system components for wear and especially the brake fluid. Third, Check your tires for underinflation or excessive wear. Fourth, make sure that everybody in the seat is buckled up. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has some important tips on seatbelt fit and positioning, as well as how to install car seats for kids of all sizes. And fifth, consider a backup detection device. Consider having a backup detection device installed that provides rear view video or warning sounds when moving in reverse. Back to school time is a hectic time for most families, but scheduling a complete vehicle inspection is time well spent. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a Novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the Novus link that's Novus Autoglass a proud sponsor of Drive Radio It's harvest time for many Colorado produce crops, and you may notice at your neighborhood grocer that as you shop for produce, there are pictures hanging from the ceiling of the Colorado farm families that raise corn, onions, melons, and potatoes. Well, that's cool, but why in the meat department are there no pictures? Well, the majority of branded meat programs are owned by the grocery store. Very few meat plants in the U.S. can trace the meat in the package that you hold in your hand back to the farm where it was raised. At Ranch Fresh Meats, owner Greg Bloom has searched and vetted out the best quality farms and meat programs in the nation. There is no mystery where your meat comes from at ranchfreshmeats.com. And while you're there, sign up for the weekly email so you can get notified of all the weekly specials. Check them out, ranchfreshmeats.com. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof, but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and 
and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical, heating, and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thank you for joining us today. And I got an uh, email a moment ago from John. John, hang tight. I will read that at the top of the hour and give you my opinion, probably even on air. It's about fire extinguishers and my opinion of them in personal vehicles. I will read the little article that you sent me first before I uh, respond to that. I think in some cases maybe, but I need to respond to that. But, I, again, I am I am astounded by the amount of things that I see happening on the sides of the road anymore. And I don't want to liken us to a third world country because we're not quite that bad. And I've been to third world countries, so I know what I'm talking about. I will say we're starting to look more and more like second world countries in regards to what's along the side of the highways, just even the trash and abandoned cars that end up getting stripped and so on. Yeah, we're starting to look more and more like a second world country, which I do not like. And another reason why, by the way, you shouldn't, you shouldn't pull over on the side of the road and do not leave your vehicle on the side of the road. I'm going to make a statement that some may not like. If you're in the Aurora area especially, east on I-70 even of like 270, if you leave your vehicle on the side of the road and there's anything of value on it, it will not be there the next day. I know because I've watched it. I have watched complete trailers be stripped down to bare bones along 270. So a trailer breaks down, maybe a contractor or something, and there's something wrong with it, and they just have to leave the trailer and move on. Maybe it had a flat or something along those lines, and they don't want to drag it to the next exit, so they just pull over, unhook it, and go. Well, if they don't come back and retrieve that fairly quickly, everything on, it's gone. I mean Gone. Whatever the load was, whatever the piece of machinery might be that was on it, you name it, it's gone. Unless it's just a trailer full of junk, it everything on it's gone. Wheels, tires, attachments, toolboxes, you name it. If there's anything attached to that trailer, it's gone. So I would not leave anything 
on the side of the road in this entire metro area because if you do, you're liable to not come back the next day to it. It will be stripped. I've yet to figure out how folks strip a vehicle or an, or an item, a trailer or whatever, on the side of the, uh, of the road in a busy, you know, busy road all night long. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't. I mean, Charlie said I live in a different world because as a driver driving by, you would think somebody would notice. But, you know, Charlie and Larry both said, well, what if it looks like it's the owner and they're just working on things? Although I don't know that an owner would be working on it at 2 a.m., which is probably when it's getting stripped. But, hey, you never know. Maybe they're stripping it in broad daylight, and I just don't see it, and I don't know. But Larry brought this up as well. The other thing that happens on the side of the road, no matter what you're doing, you could be hearing a noise and pull over really quick and just pop the hood to check oil or whatever. Uh, You're still going to slow traffic down because people stop and gawk. They will gawk at anything. They'll gawk at the accident that's on the other side of the road that's not even in their lane because I don't know why they think they need to, but they will. I, I guess they think there's some, side source, there's some sort of show going on that they have to slow down for. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. It's why you start seeing them or you've, you've started to see them build Jersey barriers taller and taller and taller so that you cannot see the other side of the road to avoid what I'm talking about. So that when there's one problem on one lane, it doesn't block up both lanes in the middle of rush hour traffic. Because that's what happens. I, I saw it last night coming home. There was a fire truck going down 225. There was another accident on the other side. The fire truck was on one side to help out the other side. And needless to say, everything got all jammed up. And I don't know why. I don't know who did what. You know, what knucklehead made what maneuver that caused everything to, you know, spin out of control. But something did. And just a really quick, I know John called in first hour and we'll do pet peeves here in the coming weeks. One of my biggest pet peeves is when you're in rush hour traffic and you're not tucking up, you are, you're literally being selfish to everyone behind you. I get it. We need to leave some distance so that you don't run into the person in front of you. But if you're leaving excess distance just because you think you're being that guy that's safe, no, you're being a real jerk and you're not thinking about all the people that are behind you. Because all it takes is about four or five of those people to do that, and everything's all jammed up now. All because you won't tuck up. And you guys can tell I put a lot of miles on every week driving in rush hour traffic. I see it constantly. And the knucklehead things that people do, I still just don't I just shake my head sometimes when I get home at night. It's just like, really? I can't believe what I just saw all the way home. Anyways. I'll get off of that, and question of the day is not that. Question of the day is Air Care Colorado emissions stories, good or bad. And, you know, I, I try to give kudos where kudos are due. I also try to point out things that happen that shouldn't. I had one of those once where my wife took my older Corvette down to get the emissions test done, and it wouldn't run coming out of it. Went down perfect, came back missing, and as I got to looking at it, it had a plug wire off that had to have physically been removed because plug wires, as we all know, and those of us that have been in the industry know, they don't just come off. Not on a car with less than 4,000 miles on it. I know it's older, but there's not many miles on it, and there's no reason for the plug, you know, the plug boot to be off. And somebody at AirCare Colorado had to have done that because my wife didn't, I can tell you that much. Anyways. We all have stories when it comes to Air Care Colorado. I do have a story. 
not for AirCare Colorado, but this is an interesting story, one that I would like to maybe get into this hour and continue into next because there was some debate on this even on our Facebook page, Drive Radio's Facebook page. In Pennsylvania, New Jersey, I want to say. Sorry, not in Pennsylvania. It's New Jersey. There was an owner of a diesel Ram truck. I believe it's an 08 that deleted the truck with its emissions, which if anybody of you know, anybody knows what type of emissions were on an 08 truck, I, I, I'm not typically a fan of folks that do deletes because it typically gets the rest of us in trouble. But I will also tell you that the emission system on an 08 Ram sucks. They were awful. I, how do I know that I owned like four or five of those trucks back in the day and had to get rid of all of them because they were awful? You, you couldn't work that truck correctly to make it work like it should. And plowing snow in it was a nightmare. Anyways, there was a guy in New Jersey who, it was a 2008, 2500, deleted the emissions equipment. And I will give you the rest of the story as soon as we come back because it's quite a story. So those of you that are in that world, you probably want to pay attention because this could come to Colorado as well. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. 
me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Got a call coming in. I'll get to that here and answer that here at the uh, before we get to the, the uh, end of the hour. So, again, uh, lines are open, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll get those uh, handled as quickly as we can. Again, lines are open. Call me, and I'll get you all lined up here by uh, the time we uh, finish the hour out, and we'll have a full another hour coming your way. So, to finish the story, there was a owner of a 2008 uh, Ram, Dodge Ram, diesel that they d- he deleted the emissions equipment off of. <clears throat> he got sideways with the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection because he was attempting to sell this truck on Facebook Marketplace back in June. He was contacted by the, de- you know, the emissions department, the Department of Environmental Protection, or DEP, they call it, and was notified that he was in violation and that selling vehicles with deleted emissions equipment is illegal in New Jersey. It's actually illegal everywhere, not just New Jersey. Sometimes it happens, and it can happen in states where there's no emission requirements and so on, but they're getting more sticky and sticky on this all the time. And for those of you with diesel trucks, they are especially getting sticky because they're trying to set an example out of certain individuals. So they told him that he couldn't sell the vehicle. And if he wanted to keep the vehicle, he had to return it to stock, which in his case meant about ten dollars to $12,000 worth of emissions equipment he had to put back on the vehicle. Yes, this stuff is very expensive. The DPF filter alone on some of these diesel vehicles is four or five grand all by itself. Very, very expensive. So much so that some guys, when they realize they're getting to the end of life on some of those components, they'll just sell the truck. It's all on there. It's, it's you know, quote-unquote legal, but they'll just sell it off to avoid that costly repair. Which, I'll go back to my used car comments here in a moment as well. Anyways, they told him that he had to turn his plates in. Or, sorry, he opted to turn his plates in and use it for off-road use only. They followed up and said, he can't do that. Which I find very odd. They essentially told him he has two choices. either fixes it or he scraps it. One of the two. Long story short, I, I guess because... Monetarily speaking, it's probably hard to fight City Hall, or in this case, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. The truck is scrapped now. It's been crushed. Which I I just think all the way through that there wasn't any other options that you could have figured out rather than just 
scrapping the truck. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. But it did get scrapped. There's pictures of it actually being scrapped. Now it looks like it was stripped of most of the valuable componentry and then scrapped, which, okay, still a good truck went to scrap. Um, this particular owner, though, did say that the DEP agent is definitely going to have his hands full when I go through this again because I'm not going to stop deleting diesel trucks, he said. This is going to be like a normal thing for this particular individual, which this is an expensive thing for this individual to do because the deletes themselves are expensive. And then on top of that, when they find out you've done it and you can no longer keep the vehicle, it's really expensive. So point being, those of you with diesel trucks where you've contemplated deleting the emissions devices off of it because there are, I'll just say it, I'll say it straight up, there are some advantages to it. Your fuel economy typically increases. And, and there's other things that, that, you know, longevity of the engine and so on typically improves with the, with the deletes. But you're violating federal law. In a lot of cases, you're violating your state law, your state health department's law. And in this particular case, ended up being not able to sell the vehicle and or re-register it. And in the end, the vehicle was crushed. I guess in this case, this particular gentleman thought that it was... I guess inexpensive enough to crush. I will tell you that I don't see it that way. I mean, those older Dodges are bringing really solid money, and there's value there. And to scrap that is extremely expensive. Cost. I mean, he lost money is my point. So he had a 60-day deadline that ended or that ends this coming week, September 25th. And he basically said there's no way that he's going to put everything back on. And there was also no way that he got an extension. So he set the appointment to get the truck crushed and I believe did. The spokespeople for the New Jersey uh, Department of, of Environmental Protection said that they would have awarded this individual an extension, but he, you know, had he agreed to bring this, this truck into compliance but he informed the department that he intends to bring his truck to the scrapyard instead. The Department of Environmental Protection did say that you know, they would give him ample time to get things back in, but long story short, and this is where the debate starts, should this individual have deleted the truck, should he have then tried to sell it on Facebook Marketplace knowing that it had been deleted? And then thirdly, do you think the state should have the power to make you crush your truck if you don't put it back into compliance? These are all really good questions, and there was some feedback on the Facebook post that producer Ann put up around this. And I, you've heard me say it numerous times. I'll keep saying it. The guys that are roll coal, I saw one this last week where they modify the diesel truck, they take off some of the emissions devices, and then it just pours out black smoke if you get on it. I am a 1,000% against that. Even though I'm a 
hot rod, you know, modification kind of a guy and did that for years and years, not the rolling coal, but did modifications for years and years in a sh- in, you know, in my two shops. I- I'm against this. It, it, it gives us all a black eye. I've said that numerous times on this program. It gives us all a black eye. Any of us that are enthusiasts, it gives a black eye to. Especially when you roll up next to a Prius or a Tesla or something along those lines and you roll coal. It's just, it's just stupid. And it makes us look really, really Neanderthal when it's all said and done. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. If you're somebody, by the way, that rolls coal, you're an idiot. I'll say it straight up. I don't, I don't care whether you like that statement or not. You're an idiot. You're a moron. Stop doing it. You heard it here. Stop doing it. You're not helping us or yourself. And you're not proving a point other than you're a putz. Total putz. Those are the people that roll coal. You're an absolute number one jerk, and you're doing nothing but making all the rest of us look bad. So I'll come back to that in a moment. We've got another full hour coming your way. If you want to comment on that or give me your opinions, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well at 307-200-8222. We'll be right back, though. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.